Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My faith enables me to be graciously patient. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And today we're talking on a topic which is a little bit hard to... Like, there's lots of different strings on this topic and they all actually fall under the same umbrella. So we're going to pull them all together. The, the crux of the topic has to do with faith and patience. So we've all been in situations in our lives where either something isn't coming to fruition, something's not happening as fast as you'd like it to, someone who you really want to heal is not healing, uh, anything that that is providing a, a wall or a resistance or a dead end perhaps in your life. And what is then required of us when we really have to delve deeply into our deepest spiritual belief systems and really mine trust in the universe, surrender, acceptance, faith, patience, and all of these very higher saintly virtues almost, and actually really sit in them and hold them and and be them and live them while we wait or while, it's almost like sometimes while we wait for the cards to fall, while we wait for the outcome to come, while we wait for the truth to out, while we wait for the divine outcome to be shown and seen, which, you know, sometimes this is a crazy analogy, but sometimes I think about all those poor people. Um, you know, if you go back to World War One, there was this thing where, you know, the Archduke Ferdinand got shot and some countries got involved and, and all the troops, you know, rushed off to boats and ships to, to go off to Germany and said, don't worry, the war will be over by Christmas. <laughs> yes. You know, that was 1914. Yes, five years later. Yeah, five years later. Um, there would have been many people at many times hoping, praying, hoping, praying, maybe it will be over this year, maybe it will be over in the next six months, maybe it will be over in the next 18 months. Meanwhile, more carnage, more death, more whatever, destruction and deterioration. And sometimes you you can find yourself for long periods of your life in situations which never seem to, to have reprieve or relief. You know, you read those incredible autobiographies. You know, you could go your Nelson Mandela's, but I'm thinking even just situations with, for, for example, slave girl stories I've read where, you know, children are kidnapped at the age of seven and, and taken off to a family in Africa and worked hard or sent over to London and America. And it takes sometimes three or four decades for the truth to out. You know, that the, the horrible dungeon stories we hear about people locked away. But the truth always does out. But what do we do in the meantime when we're in that holding space, that holding pen? It's tough. It's really tough to sit in that. And I think we can move down examples of modern day where all of us by this point have done such a lot of work on ourselves and we know how to manifest and we know how to get stuff done and we know how to make things happen. And Often these situations involve other people and therefore our hands are tied. And it can be so hard to sit in that, that nothingness, which often if it is a situation where you are the one that has the wisdom and you know it's going to play out, you've got the faith, you know it's going to play out perfectly and divinely, but you've got to sit in judgment and you've got to sit in other people's It's like they've got to catch up to you and you've got to sit in that energy, which is really hard. And I guess, sorry. I was just going to say this juncture as well. Remember that we are all stricken with the Western sickness of immediacy. Yes. And the secret and some of those, some of the new age promises have 
have not done much to help with this particular disease which is of course we grow up in a culture where if you snap your fingers you can have it in five minutes or an hour you know I want I've got a headache I pop a pill it's done you know I I want I want takeaway I want immediate banking I want you know whatever it is it's done it's it's at your fingertips but the universe of course doesn't always operate according to those laws we like to think it does because we we have all these higher Abraham type beliefs like if we just use law of attraction if I just get my vibration cleaned up if I just think the same thought that many times or whatever I can just bring it into my reality immediately and the fact is the fact is sometimes you may be doing all those things and it still doesn't come yeah it still doesn't come what are you gonna maybe you're relying on a whole bunch of other people to catch up because this is a soul work thing a, a group thing i think often in this situation it is about other people catching up like the rest of the world why don't we have world peace because there's a hell of a lot of people at different stages right now you know we're not all on the same page yeah and those yeah. of us that are at the top, you know, are waiting for others to, to wake up and realise and get there. Yeah. Before we can do more in this yeah. dimension. And the wake up, we've got to wait for them to have the wake up call. We've got to wait for them to have the moment where they have their aha moment. You know, whether it's somebody that unfortunately gets very ill because mm. they, you know, you've been seeing that a particular emotional behaviour is not serving them well. You know that that can easily lead to, lead to dis-ease, which of course will lead to disease. Mm. What do you do? Will you gently encouraging them to feel and change the way that they are being? And it falls on deaf ears, it falls on deaf ears, it falls on deaf ears. And then, bang, there's, there's the sledgehammer. Something traumatic happens to that person. And then you've got to sit in that and see, is the change going to come? It's hard because through this process, you may have conversations with others where you are placing judgment and you are saying, if only they could be this way, if only they could action this, if only they could do this, if only they could feel this or think this, then we know that situation will be resolved. If only they could just catch up to me. Exactly. And it is the catch up. So when you're sitting in that moment, this is where you have to have your faith because true faith will give you the patience to sit in whatever shit you've got to sit in during this process. What sort of shit do you have to sit in? Usually it is judgment. It's usually who do you think you are? You think you've got all the answers. You're full of shit. What would you know? And it's often a topic that you've spent 20 years researching and studying and you've got to wait for them to catch up. That's right. And this is what I was going to say before about the whole world when we're waiting for the world to catch up. And, you know, there's still people that aren't waiting. Like they're going ahead and rolling out programs or ideas or speaking radically, quote unquote, and they are the modern day, you know, like the scapegoat, the, the witches being strung up to be burnt. They're the ones being vilified and, ostr- you know, in some countries they still are killed or, or whatever, you know. So there's some very daring souls who aren't, who aren't waiting for everyone to catch up. They're, they're, they're putting it out there anyway but yes in but a this smaller is more, suburban but, 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 version, but we're not waiting for people to catch up either we're putting our stuff out there absolutely mm. i think we are doing that but this is in a situation where you're wanting to help somebody else yeah and you can't because you can't project you can't force your stuff down their throat it's their privilege to choose their own path and it's when you're sitting in that with somebody that you care about deeply that you've got to have some tools to be able to sit in that toxicity of judgment. And let's face it, all of our listeners, because you're all very, by this point, enlightened souls, you're absolutely surrounded with the mums at school or the people in your family or even, you know, maybe for many of you listening, I know it's your marriages. I know that, like, you've done a lot of self-development work of recent years or, or even months or weeks 
but the partner hasn't. And there's a lot, you know, I have clients come to me all the time like, what, what, do, what do I do? Because I've, I've, I'm doing the work and I've done the work. He or she isn't. What happens to this relationship? You yeah. know, what, what, hap- what yeah. do we do? Faith and patience. Ta-da! Okay, goodbye. <laughs> I think one of the things to look at in this is the word enabling. So when you're wanting somebody to have an incentive to make a change within their life, they've got to have their come up with their own clarity. And if the incentive is not there for the change, it may not come. Hence why we have feathers, bricks and sledgehammers delivered to us so that we can then get the incentive to make the change that is required for us to have beautiful soul growth and to embrace greater wisdom, peace, joy and happiness. So therefore... One of the first things that we will do is take away our enabling. You know, we'll go, well, I'm not enabling that behaviour any longer. I'm not having that conversation any longer. I'm not going to do that with that person any longer. I'm not going to fill in the blank. And so we withdraw that part of ourselves. And for some situations, that will be all that's needed. That's enough. That can work. However, for other situations, maybe there is time for you to have healthy enabling. When is it toxic enabling? When is it healthy enabling? So, for example, if you're, you've got somebody who is really angry in your life and you know that if they don't change this anger, they're going to end up with some sort of horrible cancer in their body, then what do you do about that? Can you gently encourage them to change their thoughts? Yes, you can. That's not enabling. That's encouragement. But maybe you've tried that and it's fallen on deaf ears and this person is still important to you. Then maybe you need to enable by just sitting in it and accepting that this is their path in life for now. Have the faith that all will work out in the end, but for now, healthy enabling is letting them be what they need to be right now and remembering very clearly that everything that every human being does in any given moment, they are choosing to do it because they believe on some level that it is serving them a purpose. So it's almost the God mentality. We've got to drop the God mentality. We've got to not go in and think that we do know it all and think that we understand their sole purpose and we think that we know better and that this is what they should be doing. So it's having that gentle that the strong faith but the gentle patience to be able to sit and enable with love. The minute you come yourself personally into any kind of self-help, self-work, spirituality, um, there's, there's usually this buoyant enthusiasm and you want to go out and heal the world and change your whole family and shove it all down their throats straight away and be, become a missionary of the cause. <laughs> and it, it's, it happens to all of us. And oh, I, no, Beck and I, we've never done that. Never. Never. Never, <laughs> never been enthusiastic about helping or healing anyone ever. Um, when I was back in my early days um, 10 years ago, uh, I can remember uh, learning a lesson the hard way that the worst kind of a client situation for me was one which I had organised, forcibly arranged, insisted on and given away for free. Because they Projecting. didn't, didn't want to know about it, really. The most powerful client sessions you can have are when they come to you, they put all the money down first before they've even met you, they are so ready to show up and heal, it's, they've taken it all on board. It's, it's, it's an energy swap around, isn't it? So I've learnt at this stage in my journey... I'm thinking of a girlfriend now who has had a terrible situation that's just gone on for time immemorial, you know, and every time you talk to her, it's the same old S-H-R-T. And 
I've reached a point now where I've stopped giving advice because she's not taken it. That's, and, I've got a situation like that and, in my life yeah, too. And she's not at that level yet. She's, there's a part, there's, and this is to do with that spiritual concept of kind of witnessing as well, where you just actually hold the space. You don't have to do anything. You just listen and you commiserate. And then you can say, you know, as Jane sort of said with the enabling, you can say, look, um, I'm here if you need. I'm happy to help. Or, you know, the tools are here. The support is here. Just let me know. And then you just wait. And maybe they'll let you know in 15 years when they finally wake up. Maybe they'll never let you know. Maybe they'll let you know next week when, when the penny drops. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. Relinquish control. Relinquish the desire to fix, heal, rescue and help. It is not your job. And it's a really important thing for healer archetypes to understand. You know, or even just people who run out in relationships and always want to pick up the lost puppies and kittens with the broken wing type. You know, I've got a girlfriend who, oh my God, she attracts in... We're talking borderline personality disorder, emotionally abusive, on the spectrum, cry, and, and, you know, and she just has this pattern. She just wants to rescue so badly, you know. Mm. But what do you do? I had a, a client recently. It was a, it was a half-hour appointment, and I'm telling you that at the 25-minute mark, I checked out. Now, that sounds unprofessional, but what I mean is I just looked at her, ranting and raving and carrying on, and I thought, I'm done because I've given you everything I've got. You're not listening and you don't care. So I've checked out four minutes early. I've just given myself an early minute. I'm done. And sometimes you have to do that. It's knowing when to, when to be supportive and kind, but at the same time showing up every now and again as a signpost. You want to just continually, not continually as in every time you see them, but you want to just grab that random moment to, conti- to consistently remind them that you are a signpost, that you have got abilities, that you can help when they are ready. And if you do it too often, they're going to turn their back on you because you're going to be making them feel like they're accountable to you for their actions when mm. they don't want to do anything. Yeah. And that's okay. And it's hard to sit in this stuff. It's really hard, particularly if you're hearing a victim story over and over and over and over again. It's the same story and it has just been told in 20 different ways. And it's pain for them. They're in so much pain. But when you offer your advice that's not being listened to, then that's the clear sign from them that they're not wanting the help. Yeah. So that's where you've got to have your faith and your patience. But at the same time, that's when you can kick in with gentle enabling. But I have personal boundaries on that. Like I will enable... If in the moment it is going to help them to feel better in that moment. But if it's enabling to help them to on a downward spiral, I ain't going there. Mm-hmm. So that's the question to ask yourself. In this moment, if I go, poor you, that's sad, I'm sorry to hear that, even though it's the 50th time you've heard it. If in that moment it's going to make that person feel better, then say it. But if you feel like in that moment, you're just enabling her to then or him to then go on to another story, then that's not healthy enabling. Yeah, I like to shut down the stories myself personally. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you can't. And that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. This is when you can't shut them down. It's not the ones that you can. Yeah. It's they're the easy ones. They're the ones that are ready to be healed, you know? This it's when so you can't. True. And the other thing is, and you know, this is particularly when it's just a friend or a family member or someone, it's not a professional context. It's just that person. Is that your advice or your method is not necessarily going to work for them either. Like you could be hammering, you know, you've got to go see this guy. He does such and such technique. It's worked for me. It's amazing. You know, it's, 
and you keep on banging around, banging on about it and they keep resisting and not. You know, how many people have bought gift vouchers for someone that never got redeemed because they so wanted Like I've had people buy psychic vouchers say, oh, Rebecca, my friend for Christmas, I really want her to see you. Do you think that voucher ever gets redeemed? The friend yeah. doesn't want to see me. The friend doesn't care. Yeah. You know, that happens, doesn't it? I, I used to give massage vouchers and, and chakra balancing yeah. as gifts all the time until I realised one day I sat down with the, the company I was buying them from and said how many had been redeemed and it was like 10%. Yes. I thought, I've given you thousands of dollars Isn't that's it not being used. Fascinating. So I changed that around where I said, okay, I'll hand out the vouchers, you let me know when one gets used and I'll deposit into your bank account. Yeah. Yeah, and they were happy to do that. That's lucky. Yeah. Oh well, I wasn't going to go any further after having handed over thousands. That was that was it. Clearly, that was it, absolutely pretty it. Fascinating. Yeah. Isn't so it? we have to watch that whole projection thing. Yeah. And and it is really hard. But then I want you to recognise too. Have faith that people or situations will catch up with you, catch up to you. I should say, catch up to you. So you know. You've got this beautiful vibration going on. You've got this ability to be able to see with very clear eyes any given situation. You can see what's going on. You're sitting in neutral energy. You're not taking it personally. There isn't some hidden game going on that makes you feel better. You're just observing and you know. So then what happens is you need to be able to really look for the other person's journey. And that journey may be really tiny, tiny baby steps that you're so used to running at 100 miles an hour that you can't see a baby that's crawling. So you've got to start looking for the finest signs of of moving forward because everybody is either moving forward or backwards. They're not standing still in any situation. So your observation levels need to be increased to be able to sit in this patience. So you will start to see the tiniest thing like one word will get slipped into their vocabulary that's a beautiful word that you've never heard them say for the last 10 years. And you think, wow, I've never heard them use that kind of word before. There's a little sign of movement. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to look for those little signs of encouragement. You've got to really become this amazing observer. And in fact, if you really want to be even better than that, go one step further. Be the observer of you observing. And mm. then you can really see some interesting stuff going on. That's a, That's actually a really fascinating technique, which another spiritual friend taught me a long time ago. And I think she learned it from an NLP course. It is part of NLP. Yeah. But it's also uh, Deepak Chopra talks about it in meditation Does as he? well. So he says, so the first thing in meditation is, you know, still your mind and connect to your body, etc. Um, but then the next step is to observe yourself meditating. But then the next step is to observe yourself observing the meditation. And you actually can take it quite far out, like set five to eight steps back. Until oh. you've got a, this is what my girlfriend did with me. She did, ran me through this exercise one day where you, you keep taking it back and back and back and back and back till you're about eight steps back. So you're observing yourself, observing yourself, observing yourself, observing yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. It gets quite fascinating. You know, it is fascinating technique. It's very, to- it's very, very advanced talk. And you well, get more unattached obviously as you go back from the, the the worldly concerns and you get a little bit more you know spiritually unattached and sort of higher overview type of a, a more... it's a very peaceful feeling yeah. and in fact our lovely friend our hypnotherapist friend craig um uses that method as well craig homine um yeah so i find that that is something that is important to sit in that patience because patience is almost the feeling of inaction so when you can start to observe that there is action, be it as subtle, as gentle as it may be, you're now no longer actually really in patience because you're seeing movement. 
Yeah. Patients can have that feeling of stuck. It's not moving. So while you're in patients, it's like finesse it. Get it right down to the tiniest little things that you can see. It's like reach for that positivity. Put your Pollyanna hat on and see what is it that you really can see and observe of change. The challenge comes because you can see that the issue or problem might be so massive and the destruction that's being caused from that is so massive that you tend to be focusing on that bigger energy ball instead of these tiny little energy glimpses, these little sparks that are starting to, to happen and collect. Ultimately, though, having that faith, knowing that those little dots will all get joined and that something's going to happen, something is going to resolve some way, shape or form. It always does. It can't not. Mm. It is science as well as spirituality. And let's explore patience as a vibration and as a spiritual concept. I mean, it's it's something that all the, you know, the godly, saintly, monksy, nunsy types always, you know, patience is a virtue and that kind of thing. Well, well you know, well, what is what is it? Well, it's, it's not... It's not a, not a hopelessness or a giving up or a, I'll just wait at all. It is a positive thing, like Jane saying, like a glass half full, because you have to have a lot of divine trust in the bigger picture to have true patience because you just surrender. Uh, now, that's not to say you're doing nothing. You may still be working on an outcome. You may be still be doing some private self-work. You may be actioning things in the physical or a combination of both. But you can't do that every minute of the day for 24-7. And if this is a very long-term situation, if you're in one of these, you know, like a five-year legal court case or if you're in a a long-term hospital thing waiting for surgeries or a series of surgeries or a chemo or anything that's taking a very long time to play out, there's going to be a lot of time that you're just sitting around at home or in bed or in your quiet time at the bus stop or whatever, and you're going to just have to keep finding that never-ending source inside you of it's like the candle flame that never goes out it just keeps burning and burning and burning and it provides you with with the fire the warmth the sustenance the belief that you need this is this is hope as well it's probably quite close to patience i think they're very close and that's why hand in hand which is why i said get down to that real micro micro little change that you can see happening because that's that spark that gives you hope now if you have a real problem with patience, if 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 it's just known, which person in the Western world doesn't? Yeah, but there are some people who are very, uh, very, very um, literally can't sit still in a chair. Like they have to wriggle, they have to scratch, they have to look out the window, they have to check their phone. They and you know these are the sort of people who who and scientific studies have recently proven this. Google it and you can read more about it in detail. They would rather press the button that gives them an electric shock than sit still and meditate or just sit still with their own thoughts. They would rather have something happening, even if it's pain. I'm grinning because I know Beck's going to say two-minute meditation. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not going to say that because they all know that. But I am going to say if you're the kind of person who is that impatient, you want to be looking at issues of control, you'll be a control freak. You're running, yeah. you're deflecting, you're, you're not facing a whole bunch of stuff. Well, that was me. Every healer, every psychic for years and years and years would say, patience, you need to learn patience. And I'd say, fuck patience, you need to learn patience. I can remember Jane going to a temple in Thailand where the Buddhist monks have the fortunes and I got my beautiful fortune and I was so excited to see what it was. And it was, it was like, you need to have patience. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> And I was like, you know, 20 something, you know, you don't give a 20 year old a fortune talking about patience. Like (laughs) it's not going to happen. They don't go together. But that was the point. I had none. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And yet 
As I have got older, I found I have a lot more patience and it is a very beautiful feeling. And as you get older, the universe puts you in situations where your hands are tied you and have to. you don't have a choice until you learn the patience of, I mean, I can remember being, especially in my corporate career, there were times when I was in jobs and you know that, that thing when we talk about mentally resigning, but you're still physically there, like you've mentally yes. left a relationship, Checked you've out. mentally left a job, whatever it is, you, you have, Emotions have gone. you are out the door 15 steps ahead in your own fantasy life and you are still sitting in the chair typing on the computer. And that was me a few times in the industry. And oh my God, the, the amount, the dark nights of the soul, you think you've gone through it and you come out the other side, you'll be like, it'll be this week or it'll be next week. And then it's not. And then you go through another month and then three months later, you're like, I can't believe I'm still here. If I told myself three months ago, I'd still be here. I would have cried. Like, but I'm still here. I'm still, nothing's changed. Nothing's budged. You know, nothing's moved yet. These are, this is when the universe really puts us under pressure to make diamonds and you get wisdom out of this shit. God damn it. You do. Wisdom. Yep. That hard earned <laughs> stuff. Inner strength. Very hard earned. Connected with patience, though, is the faith. It is the knowing. It is the deep, deep belief that goes beyond belief to a knowing that all is well, all always is well, or will be well, and this too will be resolved. And with that, so it's like the knowing is the highest vibration, I feel. You can have the hope, you can have the patience, you can have the, um, the vision, you can have the action, but it actually is that deep knowing that releases you from the releases you from the strong burning desire to be in action when you need to be in in action. Mm. I also feel that so you so you combine your faith with your patience. But it's also about can you sit in the line of fire? Can you sit when others are judging you of, yeah, here she goes again. Oh, yeah, she thinks she knows it all. Oh, she's got all the answers where they're weird and wacky or whatever. Let's go, can you sit in that? Let's go back to what we were saying at the start. Maybe you're, you know, you're an inventor or maybe you've come up with an idea for an alternative school or an alternative cancer treatment or something that's really quite out there. And, you know, obviously you believe in this with your heart and soul and there may be two or three people around you going at it hammer and tongs with you. But the rest of the world hasn't caught up. They're going to hate your guts. Yeah. And there's going to be either you're a sucker for punishment, you've got soul lessons around, oh, some really big themes around believing in yourself and fighting the good fight. Um, but, you know, you, you've got options here. You could, you could shelve it for 15 years and wait for more emancipation to come in the, in the world and make the journey one of less resistance, or you could go out and enjoy the fucking fight. And I know a lot of people who are deliberately, deliberately antagonistic, deliberately controversial in these realms because they actually enjoy the attention and the fight too. And you've got to watch for those people as well, you know? Yeah, whether it's, a, it's, a, it's something that is coming from love or is it coming from fear. Is it really about the cause? Yeah. Or has it actually become more about you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's interesting too because I find that when I have to sit in these situations and I'm having to call on my patience and my belief, I find that that's when I've got a question. What is it? What am I feeling in this? What is this? Is it triggering something in me? Am I wanting to be a show-off? Am I wanting to be acknowledged? Am I wanting to be accepted? Am I wanting to be whatever? How, how am I wanting to be perceived? Is there ego involved in this? 
And you've got to really question that. And sometimes mm. there's little adjustments there of little, as there mm. always is, lessons to be learned. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I have gone into ego. Right, I need to back right off on that. Ah, I feel patience. I feel peace again. I'm good. Why do I want this so bad? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? How is it going to, you know, that thing Jane and I talk about, just be careful with the when I get there, I'll be happy. When I have this, I'll be happy. And, of course, the biggest spiritual lesson, which, hey, guys, I don't know how to fucking do this. I'm just telling you this in intellectual theory. But the biggest spiritual lesson is, well, can you be happy right now even when you haven't got all that stuff that you think that you need? Can you? It's hard. It's very hard. It's so hard. Yeah. But, you know, Buddhist law of unattachment, that's that's how stuff happens. And it's hard because in these situations, usually it involves seeing you're either in pain or you're seeing somebody in pain. And that's, that's the challenge yeah. is that, you know, we, we are by default, if we're loving and kind, we're wanting to take that pain away. Yeah. And, and that's where the whole circle continues. My faith enables me to be graciously patient. So while you're all sitting there being gracious and patient and calm this week, if you decide that, no, stuff that, we actually need some tools, <laughs> you can come to lovelifeshow.com. Jane and I can do individual sessions with you from anywhere in the world. Um, and we've, of course, got all of our back catalogue, back catalogue, library archives, old school speak, of uh, episodes going all the way all the way back to time and memorial when we first began. Every topic you want, just chuck it in the search bar down the side there and you'll be able to pull up something that is for you. If you still can't find find what is for you then you do what everyone else does and you go on our facebook page and you direct message us a private message us <laughs> you're getting into um, the 20th century uh, 21st one century day one day i'll get that right what's our <laughs> facebook page jane it's facebook.com forward slash love life show so until this time next week have some faith enjoy surrendering nurture and instill patience and trust in the process Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.